Hi, I'm John Schmidt, the senior pastor here at Center Point Fellowship. This is my wife, Debbie. Say hello to everybody. Hello. All right. Debbie's going to help us today, uh, help me today, talk about love. But we want you to know that we have an amazing, you just saw a highlight from an amazing marriage conference that's coming up next month. You need to sign up for this. Uh, it's going to be jam-packed with great ideas on how to strengthen your marriage, how to uh, be the person you want to be in a loving relationship. And it's going to be a lot of fun, too. You can register today at every one of our sites. There'll be a table set up. We'd love for you to get uh, signed up today. Uh, today, we are going to talk about love. We've got a little series here, Love and Commitment. Today, we're talking about love. And if you didn't get a pen, you need to get a pen because guys especially, you want to take notes, okay? This will, this will help you out. I've invited Debbie to be up here with me because we want to give you a lot of practical ideas today on how we work this out in our marriage. And hopefully, this will be stuff that's helpful to you too. But um, the whole idea behind this message came from the, the thinking that if you watch television, if you watch commercials or anything else, it's amazing with Valentine's Day coming up, what love is. I mean, according to commercials, I mean, you, if you watch the commercials, love is chocolates and love is flowers. Love is cards. There was even an uh, eye makeup commercial where this woman was putting on eye, eye makeup and she goes, choose love. And I went, okay, so love is eye makeup, all right? And so it could be all these things, but that's not what the Bible says. In fact, point one on your outline says that love is the greatest thing in the world, and that's what the Bible presents. That of everything that you and I would want to strive for, at the heart of uh, relating to God, at the heart of relating to others, is love. In fact, Deb, would you read that first passage from 1 Corinthians 13, please? Sure, be happy to. Um, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I would boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. And what is that? How does that strike you? Well, it doesn't matter how spiritual you think you are or even other people think you are you can have all kinds of spiritual gifts and you can have all the knowledge that the bible offers and but if you don't love other people then it's nothing it means nothing and so the i mean it just shows how important um god thinks love is i mean jesus is love and so we can't um, change the definition to make, oh, if I'm spiritual, then I'm a, a loving person. It's not that way at all. Yeah, so it's not about chocolates. It's not about flowers. I mean, those things are appreciated, though, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, definitely. Definitely okay. chocolate. We're not against those things. We're not against people having, uh, doing good things or knowing the Bible and having, all the, or having spiritual gifts. We're not against those. Paul says, but if you don't have love, you're missing the main point. Um, also, that was Paul in 1 Corinthians. Here's Paul in Romans 13. For the commandments say, you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. Well, these and other such commandments are all summed up in this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And if you'd underline that last commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, would you say it with me? Love, love your, your neighbor, neighbor as, as yourself. yourself. Paul said you want to sum up all the commandments. So it's not just about gifts or all these things. It's about even keeping commandments. This is how important love is. If you want to keep commandments, we'll love others. And then you won't have any problem doing that. Why would I want to murder you? If I love you, I'd want to take a bullet for you. Lust after your wife or covet your wife or have a, commit adultery with her? No, I'm not going to do that. In fact, I'm going to 
buy you tickets to the marriage conference, a love and laughter marriage conference, and we'll find a way to keep your kids if I love you. But the whole idea behind love, the way the Bible talks about it, the Bible talks about it as an outward and others focused thing. Love is others focused. I mean, isn't that true, Deb? Yes. And the other, uh, to me, the, the thing that I get out of this, this is not something that I'm capable of doing. This only comes from God. This kind of unselfish love is godly. So if I'm not spending time with God, then I'm not going to be capable of loving, loving others in this way. Yeah, and here's one last life application before we move on and just apply this just to marriage. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. If you and I really make others-focused love the greatest part of our lives, well, then others will notice. They'll notice. Jesus said, hey, this is something people will notice. If you love each other the way I loved you, you put this into practice, man, people are going to notice. Well, it's extraordinary. It's, it's countercultural. It's so different that it stands out. Exactly. So today we're going to talk about, now look, everything we've talked about so far, I mean, the letter to the Corinthians, the letter to the Romans wasn't written just to couples, but the Bible does, Paul does at other places, apply this same principle to marriage very clearly, and we're going to do that this morning. So we're going to talk about this. We're going to apply the whole, these principles we've talked about, others focused, about making sure that we live a life that people notice what love is the greatest thing, we're going to apply that to marriage. And so we're going to have a word of prayer, and we're going to talk about the relationship between men and women. This applies to you if you're dating, if you're married, if you've been married for a long time, and, uh, if you, or if you went through a hard thing like a divorce or your spouse passed away. Hey, what are some things you need to know moving forward? And so I would think this applies to all of us. Would you pray for us, please? Sure. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this time. I thank you for all the people that are in this room, Lord. I just pray that you would bless them because they came. And, uh, Lord, I just am counting on the fact that, that you tell us your word never returns void. It always accomplishes what you want it to accomplish. So, Lord, I thank you that you're going to teach every one of us what we need to learn. Help us to be more like you and less like ourselves. Bless our time here and our conversation. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. So point two in your outline is simply this, that it's not only others focused, it's others first. If I'm going to practice biblical love, I have to practice putting others first. There's, whole, there's a whole little passage. We read part of 1 Corinthians 13, uh, read the first three verses. Here are the next four, three or four. Would you read those for us, please? Sure. Starting in um, verse four. Yep. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable, and it keeps no record of wrong. It keeps no record of when it has been wronged. It is never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Love will last forever. And so when we're talking about these verses, we've broken them out into four categories here that we're going to spend the rest of our time together. And with each of these categories, uh, we're going to, Debbie and I are going to give a few pointers of how these things work out in our lives. So that first one is that love puts others first, that love is not jealous or boastful or proud. It does not demand its own way. Please put a star, circle that, put a check mark next to it, whatever you got to do, that if you and I are going to love the way God wants us to love and put others first, it does not demand its own way. That's the trick. Now for husbands, there's a life application for him. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. This means putting the woman's needs ahead of my own. I mean, Jesus died for me. He died for you. Husbands, that's our job. 
to make sure that we're doing whatever the wife needs to make sure she's taken care of, to take care of her needs first ahead of our own. What about uh, for, her, for her, Deb? Life application for her is wives, understand and support your husbands by submitting to them in ways that honor the master. Okay. And so re- why don't you read that one that applies to all of us too because I'm still behind. I'm, I didn't write fast enough. Okay. okay. Life application for everyone is don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Okay, and so if I'm going to put this into practice, okay, well, John, all right, so I'm supposed to love her. I mean, die for her. It's like, well, what does this mean? What are you talking about? Well, it means putting her needs ahead of my own as a husband saying, hey, what does she need to be all that God wants her to be? What are some needs that women have? I have two of them here. I trust that there are more. Oh, there are so many more. Yeah, there are a lot more. Okay. I'm picking two, okay? There are two needs here, though, that I've found pretty common in our marriage and most every other marriage people I've talked to. The women really like security and stability. Maybe I should use that word instead. Either one, whatever it is. And so for guys, guys, here's a way that I can do this for my family, for my wife. I can have a financial plan. This would include a budget. This would include a will. This would include life insurance. Letting her know that, hey, I'm thinking about stability, and if something should happen to me, or that I know where we're going here. Because there's a lot of times where the men are much more accepting of risk and saying, ah, I don't know, we need all that. Well, he doesn't feel the need, but she does. And if I'm going to put her needs ahead of my own, not just think about myself, Guys, this is a real need, security and stability. I mean, is that true? Oh, exactly true. And, and having a will and all that, it just gives you comfort. I was just, okay, I don't need to worry about all that. It's taken care of. Exactly. The other one is uh, something that, guys, this is going to hurt. Okay, emotional responsiveness. Okay, this is um, no screen time uh, at dinner or in or conversations. Any time. I mean... Okay, I'm not going that far. Okay, anyway. Well, not uh, any, any time, but I mean, when we're supposed to be together. Okay, time. yeah, let me that explain. cell phone, yeah, this TV. Is, yeah, this is looking at the TV. This is looking at the cell phone. Like, when we got to dinner... That's she cell w- phone, and that's TV and computer. <laughs> when we go out to dinner, okay, uh, we sit down across from each other, and uh, she'll always position me, with there's a TV in the room, with a TV to my back. Because it's impossible for me not to watch the highlights on Sports Center if it's at such a place while we're talking. It's like, and she has busted me more than once where she's talking. She goes, What did I say? And I go, You have lovely eyes. <laughs> and uh, she goes, That's not what I said. And I was going, I have no idea what you said, but that was an amazing dunk. I let it just went on behind you. Okay, so that doesn't work, but I think you all know what I'm talking about here. This means even when I come home at dinner, can we leave the cell phones away from the table? Can we stop checking things? During dinner, can we turn off the TV? Can we just talk? And I think that matters. I think women need that. Oh, definitely. I mean, I need to know that you care about what I think and what's going on in my life. I want us to be together. And, and so if I'm saying, hey, how would I die to myself so that she could do better? Well, these are two things that I may not feel any need for these, or near, not nearly as strongly as she does, but she feels these strongly. 
And these are things we have to work on. How about let's go to the other side, men's needs. Let's talk about the thing of respect. They need respect and they need to be able to lead. Yeah, and it's an opportunities to lead. So let's talk about the respect one first. How does that play out? Um, respect him. Don't um, tear him down ever in front of other people. You brag about him in public and in front of your kids. Um, you elevate him and, and to your children. Um, Here's one. Um, if you want his opinion and you genuinely ask his opinion, make sure you want to hear it. <laughs> Just saying, okay? I mean, like, I remember, do you remember that time we were out shipping, uh, shopping for uh, China patterns we were yes. dating? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, the, uh, the thing was, we went there, and she was, we were shopping for these China patterns. She wanted me to go along, and she said, what do you well, think? I made the mistake of asking his opinion because, in reality, I really didn't want his opinion because I knew what I wanted. I was just being polite and taking him right. and helping him since we're going to eat off of this for, like, 30 years. <laughs> so I thought he might want to like it, but then his opinion and mine didn't really... Go yeah, together. so the way it worked out was I said, well, this one's nice. Now we're getting this one. It's like, okay, I just, I'm just i just decoration. Okay, so, but the whole thing is, look, I mean, it's the old joke. Hey, if my wife wants my opinion, she'll give it to me, okay? And uh, make sure, make sure, women, you don't do that. Because when I say that, that sounds terribly disrespectful. And that's the way guys take it. I already had this made up. I don't need your opinion. But I asked it, just it's just a formality. Well, okay, part of that comes into is as far as, you know, opportunities to lead and respect that I need to treat you as you're my partner. Mm-hmm. I'm not your mom. And, you know, a lot of times women like you get in mom mode, you're in control of everything and telling everybody what needs to happen next. And this is the schedule and this is where we go. And this is where that make up your bed and clean up your room. And then you walk in the door and you just fit right in there. And it's like I'm bossing everybody instead of remembering. She said it, not me. I like hearing it. This is good. (laughs) Instead of, hey, we're partners in life and we decide things together and we communicate and we talk about things. And I don't want to lump him in the category of my children. No. And the whole thing is, remember we talked about here, no screen time. If I come in on the phone and let's just hypothetically say I was bringing work home with me, which I know never happens. But if it ever happened, okay, theoretically, no, it happens all too often. I'm walking the phone. I'm still, the great thing about cell phones is now you can reach people everywhere. The bad news is now you can take your work home right into dinner time and other things. So I come in the door and I'm still on the phone talking about things that should have been left at, at my office or other things. Well, she doesn't like that. Well, I don't like it. I didn't like it when our kids were small. If I came in and she was busy doing the mom thing, and now I'm just, we had three sons, now I'm just kid number four. Okay? That feels terribly disrespectful to me. Because this is what we're doing. Here's what it's going to be. It's like, well, can I have an opinion? And this matters. Women, you got to hear this matters. It matters to men as much as this matters to you. And that's why it's a two-way street. And we got to do these things if we're going to show love. But that's what it means when saying, hey, he gave up his life for her, and wives understand and support your husbands in a way that honors the master. Let's go on to the next point. Love is kind. Love is kind. So love meets the other person's needs, puts the other person first, but love is kind. Deb, why don't you read that passage from 1 Corinthians? Uh, Love is patient and kind. Love is not rude. It is not irritable. Yeah, and so if we're talking about the kindness, how love needs to be, you flip your outline over. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. This includes yelling or screaming, however you define that. 
This includes name-calling or cussing or biting sarcasm. These are things, this is treating a woman harshly, and it just closes her spirit. And then we, we can't do that and say, well, this is how the love of the Lord works out in my life. No, it can't be right. Instead, if we're going to focus on things to, and in fact, uh, it goes on here, let me do it, the love application for both, life application for both, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. And so, fellas, we don't want to just, um, I want to be honoring. I don't want to just be tolerating. I want to be honoring her. I certainly don't want to teach her harshly. And so I just want to say a word about romance here that for many women, they spell romance, P-L-A-N. If I would just plan something, I wrote you a note today or sent you uh, a card or something, or uh, I just said, hey, I'm coming home at 6.30, got a place for the kids, and we're going out to dinner. Where? Well, it'll be a surprise, but you'll enjoy it. Well, that lets me, lets her know that I've been thinking about it in a day, Right. You do that anytime. That's okay with me. <laughs> no, I know it is. I even looked up a couple more ideas online. Send her flowers on a non-holiday just because. These are the planned things here. Uh, before you leave for work, leave a small note of love on the steering wheel of your wife's car. Have her coffee or tea ready in the morning. That works for me. Yeah, and then this one here is like be creative, write a poem, record a song. That does Just, not work for me. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I was looking for an out somewhere. Oh my goodness! I'm going to record you a song. Okay. <laughs> that would be but, amazing. But, the, but what's interesting? Yeah. What's really interesting is though, when you look at these things, a lot of this stuff is the plan could be something really small. It doesn't have to be big, right? It could be very small. And um, for instance, I'll just give you an example. A couple of nights ago, or night before last, uh, we were getting ready for bed. He was already in bed, and I was washing my face. And I remembered, oh my gosh, the the temperature is going to be really cold tonight. We need to bring the plants in. Well, I was already in my pajamas. I didn't want to go do that. If it was up to me, you know, those plants are just going to die. There's just no, I I don't like cold (laughs) weather. And for me to go outside and do that was just not at all what I could see myself doing. And so I just kind of threw it out there. And John just immediately is like, oh, I'll do that. Gets out of bed, gets, you know, shoes and all that, bundles up and goes outside and brings the plants in. With that, I can't tell y'all how much that meant to me because I truly hate being cold. And so it was, it was very effective and meaningful to me. I, I just couldn't believe it. It was, it was kindness. It was love acted out in an a act of kindness. But the funny thing was is last night and this morning we were talking about this and I kept bringing that up as an example. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. Because for him, it wasn't a big deal. And so it's important to communicate with each other what is meaningful to you because it may be different than what you think because we obviously think differently in in a few ways. And so um, if I, it may mean something to me when for him, it's just no big deal. So you have to communicate on these things and what it was helpful to you. Yep, we do. And why don't you read the life application for her there from Judges 16. Okay. Um, oh, you love this one, don't you? She tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. Yeah, in some translations, until he was ready to die. Okay. <laughs> Unbelievable how well they captured that. That's Delilah with Samson. Hey, this is... 
not nagging, but honoring. And the whole thing here is nagging is when you're just sitting there saying, hey, I, I'm going to get this done. Getting the thing done is much more important than honoring you. It's the project, stupid. And that's the way it comes across. And it just, you talk about crushing a guy. Oh, please. And in fact, reminding people in a positive way, hey, I really, and then celebrating, because a big part of that is celebrating when I actually do something. Yeah, praising you and praising you to everybody I, I can <laughs> right. praise you to. <laughs> because, I mean, do you know how encouraging it is when there's something you've wanted me to do and get it done and you come and make a big deal about it? It's like, okay. I like this. But do you know how discouraging it is? Well, you should have done that six months ago. That's when I asked you to start on it. Finally. Yeah. I would never say that. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, just throwing that out there. Okay. All right. But those things, I mean, again, see, if I'm honoring, I'm going to be kind. I'm not going to bring up that you should have done it sooner. I'm going to celebrate you did it now. This is how husbands and wives can come together. Planning something, fellas, that's honoring. Um, let's go to point four. Love seeks resolution, not blame. Why don't you read that passage? You've got the next verse. Okay. Love keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Okay. How's it important to you? That's really important because you, the love seeks resolution and not blame means you're working on resolving conflict. You're not playing the game of blaming each other. Oh, this is what you do wrong. This is your fault. You're just saying, well, let's, let's look at the problem and let's fix that. Yeah, it's the problem, not the person. I love you. I just hate the problem. And if we do that, then guys, here's a very practical way. Um, the life application for him on here, an angry man stirs up dissension. A hot-tempered one commits many sins. Instead of stomping around and snorting and cussing and yelling or whatever it is, that we would be like to do. Many men, just when they get frustrated, it comes out as anger, and sometimes it's even just slamming doors or whatever else. Well, instead of doing something like that, here's one step for guys. Here's a very practical thing we can do. We need to set a time and place. Just write this down. Set a time and place to resolve the problem, to resolve the issue. It's important to set boundaries with that too. Okay, we're not going to do this when all the kids are listening. Or we're not going to do this when we're so emotional that we can't do this without the yelling and the stomping and the, what'd you say, snorting. Yeah. Um, that we're going we're gonna to put parameters on this and say we're going to be calm and um, whatever the, you know, the emotion is, we're going to work against that. We're going to find a peaceful time where we can work this out. See, if you look at the life application for her, it's directly this. A quarrelsome wife is as annoying as a constant dripping on a rainy day. I got plenty more of those, by the way, Deb. There are a bunch of them. Okay. But anyway, but it's a quarrelsome wife. Why would the wife be quarrelsome? It hadn't been dealt with. She's bringing it up again. Why is she bringing it up again? You never dealt with it last time. Wait, who's the spiritual leader in the house? Hey, we said that one of a man's needs, one of big needs for men, is the opportunity to lead. Well, here's an opportunity to lead. Schedule some time to work through the problem, and then she probably won't be so quarrelsome. That's dealt with. That's gone. Well, that's what the Bible wants us to do. In fact, what you'll see here in Ephesians 4, it says this, Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. So that means we're going to have to set a time and a place to resolve the problem. And don't let the sun go down until you do this in the short term, not the long term. Let's get this done. Now, if it's midnight 
The sun doesn't go down for another 20 hours, okay? We understand that. You've got plenty of time. But do it in the next 24-hour period. Set a short time. Make it a time when you're not angry, not six minutes before you have to be at a birthday party. That won't work either. But this has to be a time when it's quiet, the kids aren't there, a place where you can be calm and rational and say, I love you and we're going to work this out. John, and man, that's our job to lead in this. For me personally, I had to get to the place where I would be um, intentional and verbal about what I was feeling. Something in me just said, well, he should know that. And I'm dropping all these hints and he doesn't pick up on hints ever. So I have to verbalize them. I have to say, no, this is, this is the problem and this is why I feel this way. And sometimes it takes me a while to work through that. But if I can verbalize it to him, if I can communicate it in a way that he understands, that just makes it all the better. I don't need to be on the phone talking to my mom or my sister or my best friend or whoever about my husband. He is one that I, I talk to about the problems that we have between the two of us. Yeah, and that explaining expectations will go so long. And fellas, if we have a place where it's quiet and we can listen, then we can know. But it's like, hey, women, please don't go, well, you should just know this. We've been married long enough, and I expect you to know it. It's like, <laughs> we are thick, thick, thick-headed people. And men need help. Please explain. Say, when you do this to me, here's how it makes me feel. Oh. I mean, every time when you started doing that, I didn't know. Sometimes I didn't know because I don't feel that way. And so it helps a lot. And these are ways we can, do, we can go through where love seeks resolution, not blame. Because if I'm just going to do it my way and say this is it, why don't you get it? Why are you so dense? Why are you so thick? Why are you so stupid? Well, that's not going to help anything. Yeah, name calling is never Yeah, a that's never going to help anyway. Always be humble and gentle. This is the last verse under that section. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Patient and gentle again. I mean, he's go back and forth. All right, so point five, love believes the best. Deb, would you read that passage? Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Yeah, so love believes. Deb, how does that work out? I mean, you and I were talking about this involves praying for the other person. Yes, it involves praying because, again, just like we started out, we said we're not capable of loving someone like this in our own strength. We have to involve God in our problems. We have to involve God in our relationships. And so I pray for him, and I pray for him daily. And there are times when we're, uh, we're concerned about something or we're trying to work something out, and we pray when, before we sit down to talk out a problem. Lord, help us to communicate clearly. Help us not to be rude. And we pray about it before we talk about it. Sometimes when we have a, a worry, we just stop and pray together. But that involves God in all of the things that we're going through. And it allows God to work in us to change us to be the people that we want to be. The other thing is it gives me great hope for who you are and who I am, that God is changing us to be more like him. So it's a win-win. Yeah, I mean, we put praying under love believes the best because sometimes I meet with people and I go, have you ever prayed? They'll be complaining about their spouse's temper or their spouse's tongue or their spouse's spending habits or whatever it could be or an addiction, whatever it is. And I go, hey, well, how are you praying for them? Praying for them? Yeah, I mean, how are you praying? What have you been praying to help them change? Oh, they'll never change. But, John, part of that is because the Holy Spirit is the one that changes us. It's not my job to fix him. And it's not his job to fix me. 
the way we help each other is we pray for each other and ask God to fix them. And he's the one that's capable. Uh, He says, behold, you become a new creature. Well, that's a result of prayer and the Holy Spirit working in our life. So we have to, we can't believe the lie that, oh, they'll never change. No, and that's why we wanted to put this on here because it's like, that is so huge. If I could tell you one thing that has been helpful for us in our marriage, we even pray together every night before we go to bed. We always do. And we'll pray about whatever the big need of the day was. It might be a prayer for our kids. It might be a prayer for the future. It might be a prayer for each other. And I'll go, Lord, help her to realize how wrong she is. Amen. Or something like that. You know, no, that would be a late night. Okay, we're not doing that. Uh, but no, but it would be a, where we'd pray and go, Lord, help us work this out. We're on different sides of the table on this. We're going to meet tomorrow, but it's too late to get a, to a discussion here. So Lord, help us bless our time tomorrow. We've got it set for tomorrow. Well, if I'm, if I'm doing these things, if I'm showing that kind of respect and she trusts that I'm actually going to show up at a time and a place clothed and in my right mind, and I'm trusting she's ready to talk and she's going to explain what she expects out of me, well, then we can pray about that in advance. Say, Lord, bless our negotiations. I mean, he's the one who brought us together. He's more interested in our marriage succeed than we are. So why wouldn't we take it to him? And this is why it's so important. Deb, would you read that last verse from Colossians 3? Sure. Uh, Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Yeah, and if you understood, twice in that passage it says clothe yourself. This morning, I chose to put on clothes. Each day after I shower and shave and things, I I choose to get dressed. I choose what I'm going to wear that day. Well, actually, she does because otherwise it looks terrible. Okay, but, but the point is... I choose to put on clothing each day. So do you. You know what? You and I are going to have to choose to love each other. We're going to have to choose this. If I'm going to choose to do a financial plan, I've got to choose that. It's not just going to happen by itself. If I'm going to choose to put my phone away or leave it in the car when we walk into the restaurant so I can focus on her, that's a choice for all of us. Women, it's a choice to show your husband respect and, not, and treat him like a partner, not, a, not as a kid, and to give him opportunities to lead and really mean it. Man, it's a choice to be the spiritual leader. It's a choice to set a time and a place for problems. It's a choice if I'm going to be romantic. It's a choice if you're not going to nag. I mean, we can go back through all these things. This is like putting on clothing. I got to choose this because that's the kind of love that's the greatest thing in the world. And I say, God, I need you to give this to me. The great news is he gives us love in abundance because God is love. He has an infinite supply. He'll never run out. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to be here today. I thank you that you have an infinite supply of love. You will never run out. You are more interested in us forgiving each other and serving each other than we can possibly imagine. You are the one changing us if we will just allow you to. So, Lord, today, I pray that you spoke to each one of us about something important that we need to know in our lives, something we need to embrace. If the Lord spoke to you about anything today, anything, Would you say, Lord, I heard you. Help me love that way. Give me the strength I need. Father, we pray these things together in the name of Jesus. 
the one who showed his great love for us by dying on a cross when we're the ones who deserve to be there. We thank you in that wonderful and powerful name. Amen. And let me just say again, if this has been helpful to you, this is like an appetizer for this whole marriage conference. You've got to sign up for that. You're going to be blessed to go to this. So uh, get signed up for that today before you leave. Hey, we got a song, Nick, a closing song. Uh, what's it about? It's called Holy Heart. Okay. And what's the idea behind it? He's asking God to search us and search our hearts and just to refocus ourselves on tonight. Yeah. And so the whole idea is God's going to have to be the one who searches us and empowers us. If you want to pray for anything, after the first service, as we stood up here, and at between services, I had people I prayed with about their relationship, relationships with their friends or their kids or other things. Or maybe you want to pray about something that doesn't have anything to do with this. You just need prayer. You come pray as we stand and sing this together. Please stand. Join us as we sing. Come pray if you need it. Oh